In this episode, we are going to talk about online presence and how to build your brand, the importance of creating a unique style and how to communicate with the clients. We will share our thoughts on submissions and many more. Enjoy! Okay, so here we are again. This is the second episode of our podcast and we are super happy. After the first one, we got a lot of messages and DMs and emails uh, from you guys. And we got a lot of questions what we try to answer in this episode. Or Um, in the next ones. (laughs) Yeah, we will try most of them. And in this episode, we want to talk about branding, about branding yourself and how to promote your work and how to communicate with clients how to showcase your portfolio to others so let's jump in i think the most important thing is uh, you have to switch and think about yourself uh, as a brand and not anymore like a individual person i think that was my biggest uh, problem in the beginning when you when you start as a photographer or a videographer you have nothing out there uh, and you need to build up uh, your ego and you need to put yourself in a in a much higher position than what you are at that point which is really hard the hardest thing i think uh, for an artist uh, you're gonna do your work for yourself at first and then you want to show it to the world and you have to find the best way to do it you have to build your name and lots of people gonna meet first with your work and maybe they're never gonna meet with you as a person yeah. so it's really important what you're gonna communicate about yourself and uh, how you're gonna showcase your work i'm thinking about like uh, how you're gonna build your website uh, which kind of works you're gonna put it out there which uh, clients you're gonna target and uh, this connects really closely with uh, how you're gonna build your style yeah you need to be really really self-aware you need to know that why i wanted to do this where i want to be at maybe a year after this or two years or five years later it's gonna change uh, during your journey you also gonna go to different directions you're gonna make mistakes yeah a lot a lot (laughs) of mistakes yeah we we did individually as well and even even together let me tell you an example I started to work with uh, Harper's Bazaar as a fashion photographer. So I did uh, several editorials for them. And uh, one time they asked me if I can do a portrait shoot for the current issue. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, sure, why not? I like to do portraits, but this is not really my profile or it really depends on the person I have to photograph if I would like to do it or not. So I did it uh, for one time and I thought maybe it's just a new journey and uh, I can continue to do my editorial stuff for the same magazine. But from that point, uh, the magazine started to ask me for portrait shoots all the time. And even I highlighted, I really like to do that as well, but my main goal and what I really enjoy to do, it's uh, more the fashion editorial stuff. 
Yeah, the nice things. <laughs> no, it could be really nice, the portrait, but of course it cannot be too intimate uh, for a lot of time. So it just really depends on the person or on the situation. Yeah. So it could be hard and it could be different. So sometimes you're going to be super proud of your portrait shoot. Sometimes um, maybe not too much. Yeah, I mean, it's a different type of photography. If, if you want to uh, go for fashion or, or a portrait, and then, then you need to pick a side. And if you want to be known as a portrait photographer, then after, after a while you, you should just focus on the portraiture. Yes, and for me, during this example, the hardest part was to go back to the fashion uh, shoot and get hired for what I really like to do. It took uh, two years for me. You mean for this magazine? For this magazine, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, because they put you in a box. Like every everyone who ever see someone on, on Instagram, you, you already put that person into one category. Like, okay, he's or she's really good in this or, or that. Yes, it could be really natural as well. So it could be a natural selection. But uh, for example... If you're going to do a different uh, test job for uh, a brand, they're going to ask you to do a still life shoot because uh, it happened with me one time. So they said, uh, this is how they start to work with the photographer. They're going to test me out uh, during still life, which is really not my focus. And I don't do still life. So it's uh, really risky if I'm going to achieve the level what they are looking for. And also how they're going to judge my fashion work. It's, it's, it's a joke, I think. But uh, anyway, I did the shoot and then they also just kept asking me for the same still life shoot. It's a trap, basically, because you want to make the client happy. And if someone asking for, for something different for, for possible future job, but maybe at that time you shouldn't say yes for this. Yes, because even if you think you're going to get a relationship with the client, but it's a really different relationship that you are expecting. So it's, it's harder to change it than start it in the right direction. It happened with us for video as well. Some of the client, uh, asked us for interview jobs yeah and uh, which is really really different different again. thing and it was one of the hardest job i ever did it's it's super technical i, I was afraid for losing the the audio mm -hmm. how the person gonna look like on on the screen it was okay it, they published it and they liked it and then later on a, a few months later they asked for another uh interview with, with some influencer and uh, then i had to say no because although i wanted to work with them but not as a interview videographer <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 hard uh but uh, you need to keep in mind the, the bigger picture you need to know that okay i'm coming from a and 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 going to b point and if that particular job is not helping you to to step up then you should say no and it, it's gonna be better for you in the long term and you're never gonna be sure if it was the right decision so it's it, there is no guarantee that if you're gonna say yes or no the relationship gonna continues in a way you wish for you can mess up that job and then the last impulse what you gonna put in the client 
it's going to be a negative uh, experience. And then they're not going to call you back because you messed up the previous one. So it's better if you're not trying to risk your reputation with a job you are not comfortable of. So moving forward, let's talk about online presence. So let's start from the website. I think lots of artists would argue even today if it's really important or not. I find it really helpful to have a website because you can create it and you can put your new work out there. But today, uh, social media like Instagram is, is even more important. If you want to build followers and if you want to aim for the popularity, yes, uh, Instagram, even maybe Facebook could be important or Twitter. It really depends on your audience. But for a visual artist, I think, yes, uh, Instagram is really important. But if you are aiming for the big clients, they're going to check your Instagram as well. But uh, I think the first what they're going to check, it's your website. Mm -hmm. And it has to look professional because it's going to make a difference between artists. Yeah. And it's really important to, to be your own judge. On your website, you have the power to... to put up really good works and just hide those or don't even publish those which were not really as good as the rest. Sometimes it's more important to, to be consistent because if someone is, is doing a different kind of work, then it could confuse the client. If you were shooting a wedding and you put uh, on a, a portrait and then a fashion and you do videos as well, you're trying to do everything and you want to show that to the client that you are like a Swiss army knife who can do everything, then the client won't be sure that you are the best person to that specific job because obviously the quality between these different type of jobs is going to be different. Yes, you have to be really selective. I mean, it's a debate between artists how many photos or videos you should show to the client because they're going to check maybe just uh, the first two or the first uh, three. So you cannot be sure they're going to check everything. So I think it's really important to showcase your best work in the beginning. If we're talking about our website, vivianandthomas.com, by the way, <laughs> then you, you're going to see a featured uh, page, which is our homepage where we selected 15 jobs both mixed photos and, and video jobs which we wanted to show uh, to the clients yes because the first impression is the most important so once the client gonna click on your website they're gonna have uh, an instant picture about your work yeah and trust me, they have a, a special uh, sense to pick the worst. That's definitely <laughs> sure. And many times after meetings, we we talk about that. Ah, that job shouldn't be on our website anymore because by the time when we when we did it, it was one of our favorite. But today it's a bit old mm -hmm. and not really represent our current state of quality or current visual. Yes. But we didn't uh, hide uh, from our website and the client just click on that because the, the picture was nice. We are happy if we can show six or seven work on a meeting because obviously there are no time to show everything. Yes, uh, and also we keep more than 10 uh, 
videos or folders uh, of the images on the website because we have more to show. So if the client gonna check uh, the feature page, they gonna get an instant impression of our work and of our style. And then if they want to look forward and uh, go deeper, they can find uh, different images, different videos. And even we reopened the new page on our site, which is the advertising. We are not really focused on advertisement, but because we live in Berlin at the moment. Yeah, a lot of commercial jobs are, are, are happening here. For example, in Paris, it's more about fashion. Germany is more about commercial. Exactly. So since we are living here, it was really important to show to the client if they want to hire us, they can hire for advertising jobs or more commercial stuff because also you have to be really aware of your market. If you want to go for purely fashion and high fashion, you should be in Paris and then you just should highlight only the fashion stuff. And uh, for us, because we are traveling and working within different markets, it was a compromising decision, but we had to highlight that uh, we worked with uh, Nike, we did a campaign for them. So even if a sport brand uh, want to hire us, we can do the job. So the best would be if you can like create uh, different websites for each uh, yeah, and different country. names. <laughs> yeah, it's really really tricky because yeah for the for the british market we are more approachable for e-commerce brands or, or sports brands mm -hmm. you have to balance it out or you have to compromise so it's really your decision and you're gonna see how it works but you cannot be sure if you're gonna lose uh, an opportunity because of that yeah another um, option could be to highlight on your website that you have separated portfolio for for commercial jobs and if the client wants to see something then they can request and you're gonna send it and also we have some uh, separated pdfs for meetings when someone asking for like car shoots or portrait or maybe sportswear then we put together something what we are not advertising and you can show it in, in, a, in a private uh, session. Yeah, that's also an option. Yeah. So we have the website. Okay, we're going to start posting on Instagram. What's your thoughts about this? I'm going to be honest. Uh, Instagram is the biggest pain <laughs> for an artist. It's getting more and more important for the clients uh, how many followers you have than uh, what the quality of your job. So you can build a huge follower base uh, on Instagram, but it doesn't mean that you are the best person for a certain job. I'm just saying that because we receiving so many uh, requests from uh, clients that it would be highly recommended to use a model who has the most follower numbers. So it's really unfortunate, in my opinion, to choose a model because she has more followers than the others. And maybe someone who is not really aware of Instagram or just doesn't care about followers and Instagram, she's going to lose the job, but she would be the perfect for that uh, certain job. Yeah, they're looking at you as uh, or, or to your Instagram page as, as like a, um, an ad placement. So if you have uh, 10,000 followers, that's fine. But if there is someone who has 20, 
then probably they can approach uh, more people, which is not really relevant when you can buy followers. I mean, it's a huge uh, pain and, and it's fake. Many cases it's fake. It's so hard to stay uh, honest and true. And how many times you can see someone with a huge follower numbers and uh, 20 or 30 likes on a photo? Yeah. So it is just so obvious it's fake. And um, I think clients also aware of that, but uh, it is just a really wrong uh, trend. I hope it goes away really soon. And I would be really glad if they could uh, remove the likes number or even the followers number from Instagram because I think it shouldn't affect uh, our job. Yeah, it shouldn't be a rank for, 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 a, for a creative person because maybe I am the most talented person, but I just started last year and there is another one against me who built up the follower numbers and also bought something. It's not about the talent anymore. It's not about the right person uh, for a job. It's about popularity and about influence, but we don't want to be influencers. So it's a really different category. Yeah. Also, uh, I think it's more important to show your personality on every single platform where you are. You need to communicate with your followers. You need to not just put a like on the comments, but but respond to the persons. And that's how you can build up a true follower base who, who gonna give you the likes and you don't have to buy those likes. And also the same on YouTube, which is really different than Instagram because on Instagram, if you have the right hashtags, you can start from zero and see a growth uh, from day one. But on YouTube, it was really, really uh, difficult for me when I started my channel and uh, for a year, like didn't have any uh, followers or maybe just two or three or I was super happy to have five. And 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 after a while, when I when I put up like 10 or, or 15 videos, somehow the, the engine of YouTube just kicked in and, and I started to see followers. And we really like the community on YouTube and, and also on, on other platforms as well, because you can you can interact with your followers and then they asking questions and you can answer it and they really appreciate that they get an answer from someone who they follow and also it's it's good for us that you can get feedback uh, about your work yes uh, it's it's really important and don't get me wrong we really like uh our followers on Instagram as well and we like the community over there it's just uh, the pressure from the society which is really high on uh, on the artist over Instagram that's uh, what should uh, disappear okay so let's let's move on to communication how do you communicate with clients what's the right uh, approach i think it's uh, via newsletter is it still relevant in 2020 I think so, because you can send out your latest work and uh, you can just say hi. So I don't think you're going to get instant jobs from a newsletter, but uh, you can still just knock on the door and say, hey, I'm still here. And maybe they're going to just uh, think, oh, I have an upcoming job. Maybe they're going to be good for that. 
and uh, maybe the client uh, wasn't thinking about you. Yes, because um, even if you promote yourself on every single platform, there will be clients who won't uh, see your work because maybe they are not following you mm-hmm. on social media. They aware of you, mm-hmm. but not connected. And and it's it's a good uh, alternative to even highlight previous work, what you mm-hmm. did. But it's really important to not spam anyone yeah. because that's that's the worst because if someone will unsubscribe from you from your newsletter then you're gonna lose one channel <laughs> what you can use mm-hmm. on, a, on a monthly or or, or bi-monthly uh, basis but uh, the other thing what you can do do personal meetings uh, go for a coffee just uh, do a quick chat so you have a personal connection it's always really important but if you're gonna work internationally it's hard to spend uh, time with everyone yeah definitely but in your home hometown or home country you can you can visit and you can plan mm-hmm. small trips to to cities where where maybe more um, production companies are there and you can visit uh, two or three or four of them mm-hmm. And, and say hi to everyone, have a coffee together, sit for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, show some, some of your work. And, and later on, you can keep in touch in, in emails or newsletters. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a good option. Obviously, at this stage, when you can meet uh, clients in person and you can show your portfolio, you already uh, built up something so mm-hmm. that you have the 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 key to to their entrance but uh, what if you are an artist who just started uh, this whole journey um, as a photographer or videographer and and you don't have any anything to show what options do you have to to get your name out there if you would like to create just create uh, for yourself in the beginning that's the nicest episode i think in every uh, creative's journey because then you don't have any client above you. So you yes. can do whatever you want. Yes, exactly. It's just a learning point for yourself. You can try different techniques. You can uh, try different uh, styles. So you can uh, actually just uh, find out what is the most comfortable for yourself. I think it's a really important stage and uh, you have to be aware of your level at that moment. Because if you are a beginner, just uh, don't spam uh, the biggest brands uh, for campaigns because it's never going to happen. So just be aware what you should uh, aiming for in the beginning and maybe you can uh, start out uh, with uh, small jobs for magazines or for small brands, uh, fashion designers, etc. etc. Yeah, it's really important to know uh, where are you at, what stage in your life, uh, because obviously everyone wants to work with the biggest brands. And um, if you are too pushy, maybe you can get a shot. uh, But if you're not ready yet, then you're going to lose the second chance. And then maybe you can forget that brand forever. Yes, exactly. So, for example, how you can start out, just shoot for yourself and then you can go for certain model agencies and do couple test shoots for them they even gonna pay for you if you are good in it 
Yeah, but you're not going to get the top models. So don't no, ask for course. the top models <laughs> for the first Top time. models doesn't need portfolio anymore. So yeah. they are not going to give you a chance to do a test shoot with them if you are a beginner. So yeah, you can start with uh, new models and just uh, earn small money. But uh, this is really nice in the beginning because uh, finally you're going to get paid for the job what you would like to do. And when you are working with different artists, you can you can start it. You can start to to build up your own network. Yes. So you can get uh, recommendations. Mm-hmm. And also, if you have your own team, you can do uh, a project, uh, and you can try to to do a submission. There are plenty of magazines out there. A submission could be the best thing could happen with a with an up and coming artist. Mm-hmm. who just have their first editorial published in a, in a, in a real magazine mm-hmm. and it's it's on paper and you can show it to everyone that's a really good thing but when you doing this thing for for years and you still going back for submissions i think it it's more damaging for the market mm-hmm. and also for yourself as well because every time when someone submit an editorial to a magazine that means that the magazine didn't pay for that job mm-hmm. i mean most of the time they're not paying for submissions mm-hmm. so you get zero money but you have to invest maybe you can get the team for free but you don't get the location for free you, you don't get the 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 dresses for free so you have your money in in this The problem is uh, lots of magazines are using these options. Even if uh, they could pay for an editorial, they're not going to do it because they can receive uh, tons of uh, ready editorials that they can uh, just print out. And then it means uh, another photographer just lost uh, a paid job. Absolutely. It's a hard thing and you you cannot ask to to just stop this trend but um, we wanted to put this out just to to make sure that everyone is aware who listen to us it could be damaging and whenever you do something for free you won't be able to charge for that uh, job in the future and um, a lot of time when we're shooting for magazine and we got paid for it we literally started to compete with dozens of photographers who wanted to do the same thing for free and it's fine if someone else got the job but i don't want to lose something because i'm just not doing for free yeah this is uh, one way to look at it but the other one is also if someone gonna build his portfolio from uh, free submissions and uh, getting the really nice titles if uh, the client is not aware of this trend they're not gonna see the difference between uh, the different portfolios anymore like there are so many uh, big big titles out there who known for mm-hmm. free submissions and they literally put together a, a whole magazine uh, with free stuffs and it's really unfortunate because when you started your journey as a photographer these magazines were the the highest possible milestones what you wanted to get but when you see that a lot of people get published in in these magazines for free then this damages the magazine's value so after that point you don't want to work to to get into these magazines because then everyone's gonna think that this was also a, a free submission 
Yeah, that's uh, what is also really damaging. Even if you're going to do a paid job uh, for the magazines, there is no going to be difference uh, for an outsider if it was paid or not. Yeah. It's just the same. Okay, so let's move on from this uh, topic. And let's say you, you got an email from a client who, who really liked your work mm-hmm. and they wanted to hire for a certain job. Mm-hmm which isn't uh, fit perfectly in your profile, but they are really nice in an email. Yeah, that could happen. How can you say no or yes? Or should you say no to something? First of all, you shouldn't say no immediately. My advice would be what we are also trying to do always. Just try to push uh, the client to the right direction. So let's see if they can change slightly and it could be a more suitable for ourselves. Mm-hmm. If it's not happening, then you can tell to the client you are not the right person for the job. It could be really hard to say no, but uh, I think it's the best thing for, for both sides to, to be honest. You have to respect yourself and also the client. So if you feel you are not the best person for the job, then just uh, tell to the client because they deserve the best. Honesty is key. Yes, exactly. And maybe they're gonna appreciate you more Mm -hmm. and then later on they can come back with a different job and then you can say, okay, let's let's do this. We can go back where we started about uh, the style. Some of the clients, uh, they're going to find you because of your particular style. And for example, if you are aiming for a really edgy and alternative uh, magazine's job or uh, a brand, you should have in your portfolio and also it should be your style. So in the beginning, you have to decide your direction. Yeah, you need to be consistent and and obviously you can you can try out different things, but but stay consistent if you are if you wanted to um, go for let's say id magazine or something really edgy then you shouldn't do glossy fashion stories because then these edgy magazines will never uh, hire you because they they won't see what they represent and vice versa you can try to balance it out and uh, do couple more artistic uh, jobs But you also have to be aware of the direction. And this later on affects you uh, in a more professional or higher level when you aim for campaigns. Mm -hmm. Because if you're working for edgy magazines, you can go into the direction what Supreme represents. But if if you want to get Chanel, Mm -hmm. that's the target, then you should dive deeper in the beauty and more classic uh, visual. There is a lot of things that you need to think about and we know that it's a lot, but you're going to figure it out on the way. And pick what you enjoy to do the most because you're going to do it for years and uh, I think that's the most important. You still have to enjoy it. Yeah, that's a nice thought. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you mentioned that it's really important to show your personality. So that's what we are trying to do now, even with the podcast to open up more for our followers and show more about ourselves because uh, we hide it behind our works. So we don't want it to show anything else but the work we've done. But after a while, I think people started to miss the personality behind those. Yes, definitely. It's also a really important part because you have to be more connected. And also, I think 
you can be more reachable or even for the clients. And nowadays it's super easy to 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 give access to the person itself. You can you can use anything like um, you can use only your Instagram stories. You can show you working on set that's that's one uh, way if you are more open you can you can start to do a vlog and maybe that's how you're gonna show your real personality but also it's really hard if you are introvert like us <laughs> just to put yourself out there yeah like this podcast uh, we never thought that we're gonna do this and we're already doing so much more what we sign up for but since we get so many questions and so many requests so that's why we started to to do podcast and now we started to do tutorials and and um, and we're sharing the material we working with mm-hmm. and and that's why we started our patreon page as well what you can find in the show notes by the way <laughs> where we can share our knowledge with those mm-hmm. who want to learn We are super happy for your support and uh, we receive so many positive feedbacks. So thank you so much, guys. And uh, we haven't uh, answered yet so many questions, but uh, in the next episode, we're gonna highlight those as well. Yeah, we're gonna talk about our workflow. That's gonna be the next uh, episode's uh, theme. My favorite one is uh, how to give introductions for the models. Yeah, so this was the second episode of our podcast. Hope you like this. And hope you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe on our Instagram as well, because as we said, it's a huge competition at the moment. <laughs> so just go to Instagram if you're not subscribed yet and just look for at Vivian and Thomas. Just drop a DM. Say hi to us. Okay, this was episode two. I hope you enjoyed it and see you next time.